Hello and welcome to The Transfer Window, the podcast that brings you the news before it becomes news, as well as insight and analysis into all the subjects you're talking about in football. I'm Ian McGarry and with me today, as always, is Dr Duncan Castles. And I am extremely pleased to say that we are joined uh, for this Serie A special on the transfer window by the great Aurelio Capaldi, the man who's just too handsome to talk about. He makes Gary Lineker look like the ugly stepmother in a pantomime. Aurelio, welcome back <laughs> to the transfer window. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Today, it's, as I said, we're going to talk about Italian football. Uh, we'd like to keep you in the know about football around the world and indeed mostly in Europe as well. Um, obviously, we did last week with uh, Mr. Graham Hunter and uh, La Liga. So we're delighted uh, that Aurelio has joined us. But first of all, we are going to start with a news story from Duncan regarding Tottenham Hotspur and their plans for this summer's transfer window. Uh, Duncan, please uh, do inform us of what's going on at Naming Rights Stadium. Yeah, we've, we've done a few podcasts recently. We've talked about the big decision that Tottenham have to make over Jose Mourinho's future. Um, we talked about Julian Nagelsmann offering him his services to Tottenham as a replacement should they uh, decide to, to change manager. Um, what I can tell you is that in terms of recruitment of players for the summer, Tottenham are currently working on two different transfer lists. One of those with Jose Mourinho continuing as manager and one of them without um, and looking at different types of players to suit his requirements and um, different types of players should they decide to change. So I think it's interesting because it indicates that they haven't made that final decision. Um, it fits with the information we have that uh, Mourinho is unsure of whether he'll still be at the, there at the end of the season and it's dependent on how they finish this season, obviously still with the opportunity to win the League Cup to end that 13-year trophy drought, um, not yet out of the running for Champions League qualification, which is the big target for Daniel Levy. Um, positions they're looking at, right back is one, um, centre back is definitely one. Um, what I can tell you is that the Dulux dog doesn't feature on either of those recruitment lists with or without Jose Mourinho, despite uh, the uh, social media interest and, and fight that went on yesterday. Um, Aurelio, you are someone who knows Jose Mourinho very well. You worked uh, very closely with him when he had his two-year spell at Internazionale, um, still the only coach to have won the treble at an Italian club. I think you had the exclusive first interview with Mourinho after he won his, his second Scudetto um, at Inter. What do you think of his position at Tottenham and that that decision that Daniel Levy has to make um, over whether to continue with him into a second full season as Tottenham manager or whether to go for someone who... I think is as yet unproven at the at the top level of um, of football, uh, such as Julian Nagelsmann. I think that um, uh, the the cup final is going to be very important 
because a trophy for Tottenham would be very, very important now. Uh, they need um, something like that. And uh, in my opinion, uh, it would be good for Tottenham uh, to go on with Mourinho because continuity is very important. He has started um, an important part uh, of work, uh, but now continuity is necessary. So I think that uh, if, he, if he wins the cup final, and uh, gets a better position in the Premier League, uh, he has some good chances to stay. There's a a narrative, a story around Mourinho that his time as a coach has gone into decline and that he's been superseded by other management styles. Like you are someone who covers, has covered football and covers football at the highest level for over 20 years, who specialised Serie A Champions League coverage. Do you think there's any um, validity to that view of, of his, his coaching abilities and, and the abilities of his peers? No, I think that um, José Mourinho uh, is still a fantastic coach and... Uh, that uh, he still has uh, ambition and uh, hunger, uh, and he, he wants to he wants to go on at the highest highest level. Um, before accepting the Tottenham job, he had had a lot of um, great offers around the world, and uh, if he wanted to uh, earn more money, he would have gone there. But he still wants to compete at the highest level in Europe and uh, I don't believe in his decline. Aureli, what do you think about this narrative that Duncan has mentioned? Um, It seems mainly concentrated uh, by certain people in the media who dislike Mourinho or his style or the way he talks. Uh, He's been described as being cranky and easily angered. Uh, by certain things, etc., etc., uh, but it doesn't seem to reflect pr- properly on his ability. I think that um, uh, when you have to face difficult times, um, you you can have uh, some um, tough moments. But I think uh, we tend to uh, concentrate too much. On managers, I think that um, uh, a couple of years ago, managers uh, had the opportunity to choose more. Um, I think that they had, they could uh, go for players that they really trusted. Uh, I'm watching Tottenham games, for example, and um, it is uh, something um, surprising uh, that um, Tottenham. Uh, take the lead, and then uh, uh, the the rivals uh, manage to draw or even win the games. Uh, that uh, people who watched Mourinho's sides know that uh, uh, they were very solid. Uh, so I think that uh, that has to do with the possibility of uh, of choosing players. In this case, um, defenders. I mean that um, the defenders that Mourinho always had uh, were very different from the ones he has now. And um, stability is a factor 
and um, that has a lot to do with um, what is happening at Tottenham now. We can we can go. I guess it, because we have someone who's an inter expert here. We should go back to the the summer where Mourinho was asking Tottenham for a top quality centre back to lead his defence. Um, Tottenham's head of recruitment was uh, caught on camera with the agent of Milan Skriniar. Um, there were negotiations with Inter to sign the player. In the end. Um, Tottenham end up signing a championship player from Swansea City instead of um, a ready-made uh, new centre-back. How close did Tottenham get to doing that deal with Inter last summer? Very close. Very close. Uh, that was something which could have happened and uh, for sure Tottenham needed a player like that. And um, facts are proving that because uh, they lack a defender uh, like Skriniar. There's reports um, in different places earlier about, uh, obviously, who might replace Mourinho. One of the candidates who's been mentioned is the former Chelsea and Juventus boss Maurizio Sarri. Uh, what's your view on that? It, it seems to be slightly far-fetched. I don't really see him as being the kind of uh, coach who would fit necessarily well with Tottenham? Mm, I agree. Uh, I don't think Sarri uh, is a good manager for Tottenham. Um, I know that uh, a few years ago, before taking over at Chelsea, Tottenham approached him. That is true. But um, at the moment, Sarri is still uncertain uh, about his future. Uh, and um, he's still considering some uh, offers in Italy, uh, but uh, um, I don't think um, that is uh, the kind of manager uh, that uh, can do a good job for Tottenham. Uncertainty seems to be a, a big factor in Italian football at the moment. We have Inter about to win the Scudetto and, and end Juventus's long run. Um, and you, we, you'd think in those circumstances that uh, you'd be looking at Inter as a club to then compete for the Champions League. Instead, uh, they have serious financial problems. Their owners, Suning, have been uh, advised by the Chinese government to, to reduce their investments in football and they've already sold off the, uh, the, the Chinese champions that they, they owned. Where exactly is the situation with Inter at present um, and and what do you expect the repercussions to be for Antonio Conte and for the team going into the summer and next season? Well, uh, Inter are living two lives at the moment. One on the pitch and uh, that is a happy life uh, because uh, they are about to end Juventus' amazing run of... Uh, nine titles in a row, nine Serie A titles in a row. Uh, of course, they were fed up and uh, uh, they just couldn't uh, wait for this moment to come. So um, the fans are happy and uh, the team looks very motivated. They have won 11 games in a row. Uh, and um, now the debate in Italy is uh, about uh, the quality of their game, uh, that is a debate that starts when the 
when the Serie A is over. <laughs> when, you, when you realize that uh, the, the Serie A is over, then you start discussing about the quality of the game of Inter Milan. Conte uh, is, a, is a bit upset about that because he doesn't like to be criticized for the quality of his game. Is, it, is, there, a, is there ever a time when Conte isn't upset about something, Aurelio? <laughs> exactly and um, so um, uh, facts are there and um, Inter are top of the league and uh, it's only a matter of time they're going to win the Scudetto so um, they are very happy about that uh, on the other side um, there are concert, concerts about their future because it's still very uncertain and nobody from the club is saying is exactly what is going to happen. It is clear that uh, um, the, um, the Chinese owners are going to sell, uh, but first they want to win the title. And um, it is not still clear who is going to buy it uh, and when. So that is something that uh, really um, is going to worry uh, a lot of Inter fans. And um, Conte himself, uh, he doesn't speak about it publicly because he knows that it's a dangerous matter for him. So um, he, he wants to speak only about uh, Inter Milan's victories on the pitch and uh, the potential Scudetto. And uh, that is something that um, is going to to worry uh, the players also, uh, but Conte himself, even if they are not uh, talking about it in public. Conte Aurelio spent as freely as uh, Berlusconi did on his bunga bunga parties uh, with regards <sighs> to the, the amount of money uh, that went out. Now they have to raise around 950 million euros by the end of the season. Um, do you see Romelu Lukaku as being sacrificed uh, as part of raising that money, given he is probably their most valuable asset? I think it depends uh, who is going to buy the club. But uh, for sure, if Conte stays, uh, he will not accept uh, the departure of Lukaku. He fought a lot to have him and uh, that was a good decision because Lukaku is making the difference in Serie A. Uh, but uh, he will not accept Lukaku to go. So if Conte stays, uh, Lukaku is not leaving. Moving across to Juventus, Aurelio. Um, a disastrous season, I think, be a, a fair summation. Who in your view, is most at fault for the state that Juventus have got themselves into on the football field? I think that um, it was a combination of factors, but the club uh, is responsible mainly. Um, the, the people uh, operating for the club, in particular Fabio Paratici and Pavel Nedved, um, are very responsible because uh, some decisions uh, were really bad and um, they couldn't choose the right players for Juventus. And um, in midfield, they have a lot of problems and it is clear. 
and uh, on the other side uh, they are they are fighting also for a champions league place uh, so um, they got out of uh, europe uh, so early and the fans are very upset with that um, there is only one way to um, to make it uh, less painful uh, and it is to win the um, italian cup final and uh, to get a champions league place for next season the club would like to um, to keep pirlo uh, for one simple reason because he was chosen by the chairman andrea agnelli um, as you can remember uh, maurizio sari had been chosen by fabio paratici and Pavel nedved but agnelli never really liked him and so Sarri got sacked then Agnelli went for Pirlo he knew that Pirlo had no experience and uh, he made some mistakes honestly but uh, at the same time uh, he would like to to keep him and if Pirlo wins the Italian Cup final and gets a Champions League place he still has good chances to stay there is an in- intriguing subplot in all of this, Aurelio, with lots of um, speculation regarding the return of two other club legends, potentially, as head coach, one being Zinedine Zidane, uh, the other being Massimiliano Allegri, who still hasn't taken a job uh, elsewhere. Would you see those two as the most likely replacements and possibly, given Pirlo's elevated status with... uh, uh, the Tifosi at Juventus, that uh, they would be at least um, probably impressed or, or placated uh, if it was Zidane or Allegri who replaced him? I think that um, there are two options uh, Juventus uh, like a lot, but uh, one, and I'm talking about Zinedine Zidane, is impossible at the moment. Why would Zidane leave Real Madrid, this Real Madrid uh, competing for uh, La Liga and the Champions League, uh, for Juventus, for this Juventus, struggling for a Champions League place and uh, uh, out of the Scudetto race? Um, I don't think the timing is good for Zidane to come back at Juve. Of course, Juventus like him a lot. Of course, Zidane uh, has got uh, wonderful memories as a player with Juventus. But I think the timing is wrong. So I don't see Zidane as a real option uh, at the moment. Uh, It's different for Massimiliano Allegri. He has a strong relationship with chairman Andrea Agnelli. Andrea Agnelli uh, never really liked the idea of getting rid of Massimiliano Allegri, but uh, the conflict between Allegri and Paratici and also Nedved um, uh, had uh, had gone to a point where um, a choice uh, was needed. So um, even if he was not convinced 100% uh, two years ago, uh, Agnelli said goodbye to Allegri, but they kept a strong relationship. 
they also met each other recently for coffee and they talked a lot and um, Agnelli knows that if he's in trouble if he needs an experienced manager someone who, who is going to um, uh, start again with Juventus for a new project uh, then he can trust Allegri on the other side Allegri is looking for a team uh, now it's it's been a way of football for a long time almost two years he has already said that he will be back uh, at work uh, in June uh, there were contacts between Roma and Allegri um, and um, also uh, Bayern Bayern Munich is inquiring about the possibility of bringing him uh, so if they if they have a divorce uh, with Ansi Flick, uh, as it's possible, Allegri is a candidate. Uh, but you cannot say it's impossible uh, for Allegri to come back at Juventus if Pirlo is going. Pirlo is, is one of an array of, of young and experienced coaches that some of the biggest clubs in, in European football have decided to appoint. You, you mentioned the mistakes he's made. Could you elaborate a bit on, on the errors he's made as a young coach and, and whether you think um, it's dangerous for uh, an individual like Pirlo, who has the potential to become a top manager in the game, to take these, this kind of job on with, in his case, zero coaching experience before he became uh, the, the lead coach at uh, Juventus? that is the main factor uh, first of all pirlo uh, had never coached before so uh, i had heard people compare pirlo's situation with uh, guardiola's or zidane's uh, and it is not like that because uh, guardiola and zidane um, had already had um, an experience uh, before taking over uh, barcelona and real madrid um, inside the club but they, they had an experience uh, for Pirlo it was completely new one week before being appointed as the new Juventus manager he had been introduced as the new under 23 <laughs> coach of Juventus <laughs> it is true <laughs> and so uh, this this says a lot about the introduction of Pirlo I'm not saying he's not going to become a great manager. That is possible. He's got a good brain. He knows the game um, and um, he has a lot of passion for the job. But it was too early. On the other side, uh, if you are Pirlo and uh, you get this offer, of course, uh, you're starting your career and you have to take the opportunity. Um, but um, in my opinion, um that can work only when you have high quality players and uh, if the unexperienced coach um, knows their ego and um, he can handle the situation so when the quality is very high it can work if the if the new coach if the unexperienced coach someone like Pirlo uh, can handle the situation in this case, the, the quality of the current Juventus team is not so high. 
if you think of um, the Juventus side uh, who got the final, the Champions League final in uh, 2015 against Barcelona, they had Pirlo himself, then they had uh, Vidal, then they had Marquisio, then they had Pogba. So that was a top quality midfield. Uh, what about the current midfield of Juventus? Uh, I mean, they, they're not good enough to compete at the highest level. Um, they have players like uh, McKenney, uh, Arthur, uh, Rabiot, uh, Ramsey. Uh, they're, not, they're not performing uh, at the highest level. I think midfield is the main problem of Juventus. And uh, also another big factor was having Dybala out for most of the season. Uh, Dybala is someone uh, who can make the difference. And uh, the new investments, they signed Chiesa and he performed quite well. Kulusevski, uh, who was born in 2000, talking about uh, boys born in 2000, like uh, uh, Holland or Vinicius, for example, I think that Kulusevski has a great potential and uh, he, can, um, he can get at the ice level, but at the moment he must be given the time to grow and uh, he hasn't had lots of possibilities in this Juventus. And uh, also the big debate is about Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo uh, still can make the difference in Serie A, but um, there are people questioning uh, him about uh, uh, what he can still give uh, because clearly he's not uh, uh, in the best phase of his career. Do you expect Cristiano Ronaldo to be at Juventus next season? I think that is a good possibility because even if um, uh, there is not the same enthusiasm when Ronaldo uh, landed in Turin uh, and Juventus thought they they would have won the Champions League with him. Uh, they still have a one more year contract and uh, Ronaldo is very expensive so it's not easy uh, to find a buyer and uh, Juventus uh, I think they they will keep him. As you say in Derby, Aurelio, of uh, Andrea Pirlo, he's no Wayne Rooney in terms of being a rookie coach. <laughs> at, least, at least some people say that anyway, I've, I've been told. <laughs> this week, uh, the Europa League semi-finals, uh, uh, we found out who was going to be competing in them. And a very intriguing tie has emerged between Roma and Manchester United. Um, how would you see that going? Because United blow very hot and cold, Aurelio, in terms of results. Uh, and Roma, of course, are not competing for the Scudetto. Um, but it looks like um, all four teams who are left in this competition are desperate to win it so they get entrance to the Champions League. Yeah, I think that um, uh, Roma um, is, uh, is a place where... Um, there are a lot of moody fans. For example, this morning they are so excited that uh, Roma went through the Europa League semi-finals that uh, they are celebrating Fonseca. Uh, a few weeks ago, <laughs> lots of them <laughs> wanted Fonseca out 
Fonseca has some chances to keep his job, though um, there were a lot of whispers, and for sure uh, the club contacted Allegri and uh, probably some other managers. So Fonseca himself uh, last night said that uh, he doesn't know if he's going to be uh, at Roma next season, so there is uncertainty about his future. Uh, he said, uh, I don't know if I'm going to stay, but I know that I will be staying for uh, for the next game. <laughs> but um, for sure, Roma are the only Italian club still uh, competing in Europe, even if it's Europa League and not uh, Champions League. And um, I think it's an open tie. I'm very sorry for uh, Chris Molling because just uh, after the game last night, um it was uh, it was robbed tom so uh, there were some um, bad moments for him and his family uh, um, but uh, i think that um, manchester united uh, have uh, more quality than uh, the roma the new owners of roma we have an, another american um group in charge of the club and another American group talking about building a new stadium and uh, returning Roma to the, the, the top of European football. Um, Dan Friedkin and his son, Ryan Friedkin. So it sort of seems like there's parallels to the way the Cronkies uh, are running Arsenal, um, made their money from basically having monopoly rights on Toyotas in five states in America and, and the film industry. What has been your impression of, of the Freakins at, at Roma and, um, and their strategy for uh, strengthening the club? Their strategy is, uh, at the moment, is uh, silence. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have probably been told that uh, uh, Roma is a chaotic place and uh, they, they chose not to talk. They are not saying anything. Um, on one side, that is uh, something that um, some people can appreciate. On the other side, there are some other people saying that they should talk more or at least talk because uh, they are present. For example, they were at the stadium uh, last night, but they didn't say anything. They're not saying anything. Uh, and um, I think that uh, communication is very important. So uh, I think they they should tell people what they have on their minds. Uh, I'm not saying talking every day, but uh, you need to to communicate. Other, otherwise, people um, get um, uh, doubtful about it. Uh, I think that, um, as you said, they are they are planning to build a new stadium. And uh, they want to bring Roma uh, to to a new level, uh, but at the moment uh, they're they're still uh, trying to understand if they're going on with Fonseca or uh, if they're going to change manager. Uh, and after that decision, they will choose new players uh, and try to build something stronger. Silent, silent in public. Um, what have their actions been like behind the scenes? You mentioned the search for a new manager and contacts with people like um, Allegri. 
um, during the season. I, they've, I think they, they spent 591 million euros to, to buy the club. It is a substantial investment. Do, do they look like individuals who know what they're doing in the football world? Are they being advised by people who know the football world well? Mm, uh, I think that um, the world of football is new to them and they are discovering it. So they are very cautious about it. Uh, they chose um, Pinto, Thiago Pinto from um, Benfica as their uh, reference, football reference. And uh, they brought him to, to Rome to try to build their project. Uh, so basically, they are um, communicating uh, mostly with him. Uh, also, people inside the club uh, are telling me that they don't talk a lot with employees. Basically, they talk with uh, with Thiago Pinto, who is the main reference now for the for the club. And um, as you said, they are silent in public, but uh, they they are active outside, and uh, for sure. They have talked to Allegri. Um, the, the situation with Fonseca is that um, if he gets a top four finish in Serie A, uh, his contract is automatically renewed. But um, it's a matter uh, of um, patience for Allegri because if Allegri said yes to them, uh, they would have hired him anyway. It was Allegri who bought time, and uh, so they are not, uh, of course, saying anything about it. But uh, uh, they they tried with him. Uh, so it it's up to Allegri basically. And uh, if Fonseca um, keeps doing well in Europe and gets a top four finish, he can stay. Are you surprised that Allegri is still without a job? Given, I mean, you know him well as an individual, you know his qualities as a coach. Um, I remember interviewing Patrice Evra um, while he was at Juventus and he spoke incredibly highly of of Allegri and his uh, tactical knowledge and, and his game preparation and um, found him a really strong coach to work with. But here he is, he's been preparing himself, ex for example, to go to English football by spending time in the United Kingdom to improve uh, his English language skills. He's given interviews to signal his availability, but um, he's left in this situation where he's looking at something like Roma, um, which is clearly not the ideal project for him as, as a job that he might have to take to get back into football two years down the line. Yeah, that was surprising. Um, he had a plan uh, one year off one year off, not two years off. Uh, and um, after the, the first year, uh, the opportunity he was dreaming of uh, didn't come. A few years ago, he said no to Real Madrid to, uh, to stay at Juve. Uh, and then after Juve, he was dreaming of a possibility like that, but it didn't come. Uh, for him, um, there was a, an opportunity um, last year uh, when uh, Conte and uh, Inter uh, seemed to be very close to a divorce. If uh, Inter, Milan and Conte had divorced, Inter would have chosen Allegri for sure. And um, 
he would have liked the idea very much because uh, one of his dreams was to become the first Italian manager to win Serie A with uh, three different clubs, Juventus, AC Milan and Inter Milan. He won uh, titles with uh, AC Milan and Juventus, but he never coached Inter. So that was an opportunity uh, that intrigued him. But then uh, there were only uh, small co- small contacts. Basically, Inter said to him, if we're going to divorce with Conte, you are our first choice. But then they didn't divorce. And so the opportunity disappeared. I love the uh, use of the word divorce, Aurelio. It's uh, so, very, <laughs> so very Italian and romantic <laughs> when it comes to football. <laughs> It's, it's been, especially in the context of Antonio Conte, because we know his divorce lawyers are very skilled at uh, securing large they are, settlements. They are indeed. They are indeed. <laughs> Sticking Aurelio with Roma's opponents, Manchester United in the semi-finals of the Europa League, uh, it's our understanding that they have a serious interest in Fiorentina's centre-back, Nikola Milenkovic. Uh, they do have a problem, as Duncan has reported um, on several occasions on the podcast, uh, in terms of partnering Harry Maguire with someone who is more agile, uh, quick on the turn, uh, but also understands the reading of the game. Do you think he could be the answer for United with regards to partnering with Maguire? I think so. I think they, they could be uh, very well together. Uh, because they have different skills, uh, but uh, I think they they could play together well. Um, also, um, Milenkovic uh, is someone uh, who likes to uh, to go um, uh, forward uh, when it is necessary, and. Um, for being a central defender, his feet are good. And another um, centre-back who has been the subject of, of attention from Premier League clubs and elsewhere for a long time is Kaladu Koulibaly. Um, there was a period in which Napoli were asking over 100 million euros for Koulibaly and, uh, and never quite got the deal done. What is the, the situation with him now? Um, we, we understand that, that Napoli would be happy to cash in on on Koulibaly. what what kind of uh, transfer fee are they asking for this summer? Uh, you're right. Uh, Napoli would be happy to cash in with him, uh, but of course it cannot be a fee like uh, what they they used to ask for. So now it's a matter uh, of um, of getting the right offer for this market. Uh, so um, I think that um, Koulibaly's time at Napoli is uh, close to an end. I think that the player is aware about it. I think that uh, the idea of uh, playing somewhere else uh, after such a long time uh, is uh, an opportunity that uh, can uh, excite him. Uh, so I think that um, uh, that is a, a good possibility uh, for uh, for clubs. He has always attracted interest from uh, Premier League clubs. Uh, that's a possibility, and uh, 
I think that uh, Aurelio de, de Laurentiis, the Napoli owner, uh, is happy to to cash now. His his value has declined. How? But um, that's happened in a COVID environment where prices for most players have gone down. How have his performance levels been over that period? Um, during the last weeks, he has played very good games. So uh, he's back at his best levels. But before that, he had some difficult time. So now I think that uh, um, his price, uh, of course, it, it must be considered uh, the time that we are facing. So as you mentioned, the COVID uh, market, uh, but uh, his performances are still are good now. And Aurelio De Laurentiis, who has a nickname of the gunslinger for the amount of uh, frequency he fires coaches, um, will Gennaro Gattuso survive uh, till next season? Or do you believe that uh, he may be replaced? I think that uh, that is going to be another divorce. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> so, so there's going to be a lot of work for lawyers in Italy in Serie A this, this summer. <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Napoli and Gattuso will part ways and uh, the time has come. Uh, they don't. Mm, Gattuso likes uh, Naples as a city. He likes coaching his current team. Uh, he has built strong relationships with uh, with players, and he's also getting some good results because, in the end, I think that uh, Napoli will get a Champions League place. Uh, he faced some um, uh, big, big uh, difficulties because uh, he had uh, his strikers out for so long. I'm talking about Osimhen, but also Mertens, who is a vital player for Napoli. But um, he, he doesn't get on with De Laurentiis. So Gattuso and De Laurentiis, uh, they have a cold relationship now and they just can't wait uh, to part ways. So I think they are going to divorce. Well, Reno Gattuso doesn't get on with a lot of people, Aurelio. He certainly didn't at Rangers. And uh, I remember he was so um, ridiculously brave. He once tried to headbutt Joe Jordan, uh, which no one ever does because Joe Jordan's one of the hardest men in football, even though he's in his probably 70s now. <laughs> but at the time, he was a bit younger. Gattuso re regretted uh, that thing huh? with Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he, so he should because Joe doesn't forget easily. Did, Gatt <laughs> did Gattuso use a stepladder to headbutt Joe Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he did a decent jump on him. <laughs> so so if, if Gattuso is divorcing at Napoli, who is your uh, your favourite to uh, to be the next divorcee in, in a year to two years' time in at Napoli? In waiting. <laughs> Someone is talking about Sari to come back at Napoli, but uh, that is another uh, difficult thing to happen. You never say never. Uh, someone is talking about it. But um, the whisper is that this time De Laurentiis wants to go for a young coach, for a young emerging coach. And uh, he has a list of names. Um, there, is a, there is a guy... Uh, who is now a young guy who is now coaching Spezia, Italiano, 
Uh, he also likes the Verona manager Juric. Uh, a choice uh, is still to be made, but uh, he wants to go for that kind of profile. Also a coach who is not asking for too many uh, expensive players. <laughs> I, th I think Aurelio is Gigi my Freddy time. <laughs> Gigi my Freddy to be back. <laughs> we, must, we must get Gigi back. <laughs> Apologies to everyone for that, that, that very personal it, and interjoke. <laughs> a few seconds ago, I said, never say never, but on this occasion, I would say never. <laughs> I can't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know who Gigi Maifredi is, please Google him and you'll find out why uh, Aurelio and I are laughing. Uh, this has been uh, your final Transfer Window podcast of the week. Our very, very grateful thanks go to Rai Uno's football correspondent, the correspondent Di Calcio, Aurelio Capaldi, for his uh, amazing insight, knowledge and information. Thank you, Aurelio, for joining us again. Uh, on the transfer window and we hope to speak to you again soon thank you very much and also to Duncan Castles of course and if you liked what you've heard and we know you do please go on to iTunes leave us a five star review you can contact us directly uh, via our media social media platforms that's at transfer podcast on Instagram Facebook uh, as well as Twitter, of course. Uh, Aurelio, if you want to get in touch with Aurelio about the, all the things that he has um, imparted to us today, he is at Aurelio Capaldi on Twitter. Duncan, of course, is at Duncan Castles. I'm at Garbo SJ. And of course, if you're listening on YouTube, then you just have to turn on your notifications. That's us for this week. We'll be back with you next week. We very much enjoyed recording this Serie A special uh, with Aurelio and Duncan. Until next week, be safe, stay well, and thanks for listening. <laughs>